a playlist original. ready to be petty. Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I'm so glad you're here. Today, it's a very fun episode with Lauren Meisner and Jordan Christensen from Centennial Beauty and the Renegade podcast with Lauren and Jordan. In my head, I've been really just calling them Becca Tobin and Kate Middleton because they are literal doppelgangers for two of the most beautiful women in the world, in my opinion. But they are the co-founders and co-hosts of Centennial Beauty and the Renegade podcast. They report on the intersection between internet culture, social media, the creator economy, beauty and lifestyle. And we have a really fun chat for you all today. If you're listening to this on August 14th and beyond, just getting back from my vacay. So this was pre-recorded in July before I left. And I triple checked in this podcast. We talk about this girl, JC Marie Smith, and we couldn't figure out if her name was Jackie or JC. And I looked it up and it's definitely JC. So shout out to you, JC, if you're listening to this. And I just want to say we do some really fun celebrity predictions. And so I just want to say thanks for all of the contributions. Thanks for thanks to the contributors. Okay, friends, that's all from me. I hope you enjoy today's episode here's my convo with lauren and jordan i'm back with two very special guests jordan and lauren from centennial beauty and the renegade podcast how are you both doing today we're doing well thank you we just had a few technical difficulties getting our mics set up for this recording (laughs) so we are sharing a mic so that will be new for us (laughs) we just need to learn how to not speak over the top of each other which we do on our own podcast so (laughs) fingers crossed yeah me all of the time so tell the listeners a little bit about your publication you both co-founded centennial beauty what got you into you know gen z journalism and and how did it bring you to starting a podcast yeah so jordy and i met working um in traditional like media women's media here in sydney australia and we just noticed a gap in the industry especially in australia but worldwide for a publication that spoke directly to gen z but was all about the viral space so covering like the creator economy internet culture viral news all of that kind of stuff. Like at the time we were writing for these women's publications and being told that, you know, writing a story about Jeffree Star, for example, wasn't mainstream enough. And we just felt this was like, you know, 2018, 2019. And we just felt like that was just such a missed opportunity for traditional media. And so, yeah, in 2019, we started talking about possibly doing our own thing. Um, And October, 2019, we decided to go for it. So fully like quit our jobs. Jordy was living in New York at the time, moved back to Sydney and within six weeks we launched. So we launched December, 2019. Um, And that was our publication. And then we kind of started having a few meetings with brands and people that have kind of ended up being mentors for us. 
And they said, you can't kind of run a media brand in 2019 without having a podcast. So that was something that we hadn't, like we thought we wanted to do down the track a little bit, but also the more that we kind of started finding our feet in like the viral space and having conversations about the creator economy. So many of those conversations are so big and nuanced, especially when it comes to, you know, the ramifications of social media and, you know, how those kind of things are impacting the way that Gen Z grow up and how they see themselves online. So that kind of made perfect sense for us to start the podcast then as a platform that complemented the site and a space where we could really kind of deep dive into those more complicated or interesting or topics that just needed a little bit more of explaining. So we obviously have those kind of deep dives where we have a lot of like historical context and we try and bring like really intellectual elements into it. And then there's other podcast episodes where we literally break down like the love triangles between like TikTok teens. So, you know, we got a bit of everything going on there, but I feel like the internet culture tie is really what the foundation of our brand is. And those are the conversations that no one was having that we felt. What has been your favorite like viral moment or like influencer thing that you've covered? Oh my God, that is, I mean, we have never been asked that question. That is such a good question. <laughs> and we actually ask our juniors like that we interviewed this question and now we don't know how to answer it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they're listening. I feel like maybe <laughs> when there was all of that drama with all of the t- like TikTok stars, I think it was 2020 when like, what was it? Nessa kissed Chase or something like that. And then it was like this massive knock-on effect, like this huge domino effect. And I feel like we did a huge, huge breakdown on that. Oh, and also when Tati released her video, like explaining that Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson were uh, at the crux of Bi Sister, that happened while we were like functioning as well, early days. And so doing those two big breakdowns where we broke down like the full TikTok tea, and then we broke down like everything that happened with like Shane, Jeffrey, James, Tati, at the time. Um, Those two episodes, I feel like were our best episodes because they really like put us on the map of like proving like we're not here to cover like traditional celebrity pop culture. Like we are carving out a niche for ourselves. And like, this is a gap that we're filling. And, you know, now even there's still not a lot of podcasts that cover strictly like YouTube news, TikTok tea, internet culture in the same way. I completely agree. But I also think our first episode ever was um, about how Charlie D'Amelio was the most followed person on TikTok and she was this new breed of influencer, but she was only 16 years old and how that was going to play out at the time. And I think from a like an overarching sense, seeing the rise of TikTok and we're just kind of seeing now all the ramifications that's having for Instagram and we're seeing all these other um, platforms that have owned the space for so long and have been the biggest, richest companies in the world now scrambling to figure out how to keep up and how to capture Gen, Z- Gen Z's attention. And that's had such a trickle down effect as far as the way that we look at how we present online and the way we think about authenticity and the way we've kind of moved away from this performative Instagram curated kind of personas that we put forward for ourselves. So I think that's been probably the biggest shift from kind of like a tech perspective and like the way that Gen Z looks at internet culture and online culture and the kind of influences they engage with. Like that's obviously been a huge component of our brand as well. Do you find the more that you learn about Gen Z online, it influences your own personal social media? Uh, I 
A little bit. I mean, I feel like just the way that like I function on social media now is more just with the trend of less filtered, less polished, more raw content. And I'm not posting like reels. I don't really use, um, you know, social media like that for video or anything. We kind of, I feel like because we have our brand and we are like constantly creating so much content (laughs) for Centennial, because we are a startup, um, doing it on our own personal channels almost feels like a chore now. So, but even just like posting pictures and stuff, like not using presets and like being more into privacy, like just not posting every single little thing about my day online, like the way that I used to, I don't know if it's necessarily because we're so in the weeds with, um, our brand and like how, and understanding how Gen Z uses social media, or if it's just kind of like how the trend of social media, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like it's made me much more open-minded, but much more terrified as far as how I use social media. Like engaging in conversations has become this like minefield, um, which is, it's helpful for us because, you know, there's so much that we have to be across as a brand. We need to make sure we're on the right side of conversations or at least presenting, you know, all the sides of the conversation that we think need to be um, represented. But as far as how I show up personally, I feel like same as Lauren, it's so overwhelming to take that all into account when you just want to post like your own random photo on Instagram or like engaging in conversations, you know, viral challenges when everyone starts posting black and white photos of themselves on Instagram. I'm like, no, (laughs) we're not doing that because it's just, you have a different perspective and you kind of see all sides of the way that people are kind of engaging or discussing something like that. So I think it's made me much more cautious of the way I engage much more Mm. authentic as far as, you know, a photo dump moment. Not every photo has to be like the photo for Instagram, but as far as the way we're engaging in conversations and discourse, it's kind of easier from a personal sense to like opt out a little bit. Yeah, I totally get that. I've basically opted out of all my own social medias now that I run the podcast, but the photo dump is so interesting to me because were you on Facebook back in the day when you would upload an album? Yes for one night and it was like yeah 30 pictures it's like is that just a photo dump (laughs) yeah it actually is except like those photos like they would literally be a hundred photos of like a (laughs) pre-drink yeah literally (laughs) oh my god and I remember like I was the girly with the camera so I would just get like a hundred messages being like one of the photos going to be. Uploaded. Oh my God. No, I was never the one with the camera. Like I was really into mobile uploads. Remember like muploads. That's what we used to call yes. them on Facebook. Yes. A mopload. I have never heard that term in my whole life. <laughs> because you're too young. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. When you would like, yeah, literally upload like onto Twitter it went to like another website yes. to be able to upload and you a had photo to use another website to it even was... upload photos on Facebook at one point as well it was so wild it was the wild wild west of social it was media so, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about some fun stories today uh we're gonna talk about Kendall Jenner and like a possible copycat scandal, Selena and Francia, two best friends that kind of had a falling out, but maybe reunited. And then we're going to do some celebrity predictions. I had some listeners submit people that they wanted to hear what we had to say of like their next career move. And then Jordan and Lauren are going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week. So let's get into it. You both wanted to talk about... This J.C. Marie Smith 
slash Kendall Jenner scandal. So JC Marie Smith is an influencer and the host of the What We Said podcast. And she kind of made some viral TikToks about Kendall Jenner possibly copying her hair and some of her poses and her outfits. I feel like this is absolutely wild. Do you think that Kendall Jenner is actually, you know, taking cues from JC Marie Smith? Okay, so I have a few different thoughts on this. So all the time, and I think this is especially relevant for the Kardashians, and I'm paraphrasing Colt Paulson from the account Gay Man with a Spray Tan. And I'm sure, I think Lauren's made this point in the past too, but the Kardashians see everything. So I don't think it's that far-fetched that she's actually copying her. I especially think with the For You page, the way that it works now, you know, everyone takes inspiration from someone. And I think Kendall Jenner could easily be like replicating outfits, replicating poses, you know, like, I just don't think it's that like outlandish. And I also think that everyone dresses the same anyway on TikTok. Like, do you find that every single person Mm -hmm. on TikTok dresses the exact same? So the fact that Kendall Jenner is wearing like green pants and a crop top, the same as this like small scale (laughs) creator, like she's not small scale, but everyone's small scale compared to the Kardashians. Um, I think it could easily have been like inspired by her, but also there are literally a million other girls wearing the same outfit. So I think it's kind of like funny and cute. And I kind of love that she's gotten all this publicity for like Kendall copying her, but then Kendall deleting the photo after she like called her out and that went viral, right? So it was just like bikini photo. She was like lying on a lounge chair, like by the pool kind of with a hat over her face. And Jackie had a photo of that. And then Kendall had like, essentially an identical photo go up and Jackie made a TikTok about it that went viral and then Kendall deleted the photo. So that's what makes me think that like Kendall got stressed that she got called out, took the photo down. But I definitely think that it's plausible that it's like a genuine copycat moment. Is it Jackie or is it JC? Okay, so I thought it was Jackie and I'm also saying Jackie Marie Smith. It could very is it is it Jackie Mary Smith who knows I looked it up and I listened to um an interview she was on and I think she said JC and I was like oh my god that's so different because I've never heard that before but I could be completely wrong I say people's names wrong all of the time no fair enough because I'm like I don't know how to address this answer because I don't know how to say her name so I'm very sorry But yeah, I'll say JC if you feel like that's what she said. But yeah, I I agree that I think we all have people that we are inspired by and she might not actually like follow her closely or like even know who she is. But, you know, like think about how Instagram works. Like our feeds are just flooded with pictures of random people that the algorithm thinks will like. And it makes sense based on like what Kendall posts and who she is and who she follows that um, JC's photos would show up on her, you know, uh, I was going to say for you page. Um, I mean, possibly her TikToks and her few page, but yeah, on her Instagram feed and like explore page and things like that. So like I could totally see like 
you know, Kendall scrolling through Instagram, finding her profile, just like saving a few of her pictures for like inspo and stuff. And like when I'm on vacation, half the time I'm like looking through my saved photos and being like, okay, I could recreate this exact pose or this exact outfit or this exact like vibe at this location. So yeah, I a hundred percent think that Kendall probably gets inspo from people just like we all do. We're all regular people. And I feel like she was probably sent the clip of JC talking about this so many times by like literally thousands of people that she just felt like it was easier to remove the post. Yeah. I definitely think also because what's like the Kardashians eyes are everywhere, but also their team's eyes are everywhere. So if her team, I'm sure they have like jobs, like full time jobs for people that just go through the internet. That's how they were like, so, so like quickly able to delete the Chloe bikini pic and send like those cease and desist letters and all of that stuff. So I just feel like it makes sense that once she got like quote unquote called out for the bikini picture because it was in a carousel and then she just deleted that one that seems suspect to me. But I also think like it could be rooted in reality because JC slash Jackie was at a Suns game, which Devin Booker, Kendall's boyfriend, plays for. And so if if that's what she's like, if that's the kind of content she's liking on her For You page, like, or her Explore page, like, this girl's bound to come up, I feel like. I agree. And I also think that the Kardashians' job as a family and as a brand is to be like plugged into the zeitgeist and to know what's going on. And I think because of that, they have this unique ability to push it as far as they can possibly get away with. So I think this is just another example of a circumstance where they are just pushing it as far as they know is like socially acceptable. And then, you know, in a moment of controversy and Kendall is like, for the most part, uncontroversial. So I feel like she took it down to kind of save her reputation a little bit, but I just think they're constantly kind of pushing the boundaries of seeing what people will accept from them. And this is just kind of like an example of that. Okay, but also I love to think that every single thing the Kardashians do and every single thing we see in the news about them, except for really bad things, like obviously Astroworld is like a PR stunt. And so I could see because didn't JC slash Jackie tell this story on that new Kardashian podcast for Dear Media, right? Like with the guy that's always doing the Kardashian recaps on E. He was on their podcast. Oh, he was on their podcast. So I could see this as like cross-pollination because basically the Kardashians have been going on Amanda from Not Skinny, Not Fat's podcast, right? They really trust her. She's been doing these segments with that guy. What's his name? Colt Colson. Colt. So she's been doing these e-segments recapping Kardashian news with this guy, Colt, who then was on Jackie slash JC's podcast. So I feel like this is all, so clearly the Kardashians trust Amanda. They trust Colt by extension because he's like a stand and he wins some like Kim Kardashian number one fan thing as well. So I just feel like all oh of God. this is some big PR stunt to just Keep and like the Kardashians are the queens of keeping like, I forget what the exact term is for PR that's like not controversial, but it's controversial enough. Yeah, like art rate, outrage, like sparking outrage, but it's not enough to be Yes, totally. It's like neutral controversy kind of. They're like the queens of that. So this is neutral controversy. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think also the Kardashians, a lot of the things that they've been doing for PR, etc., have been really large scale traditional things. But I think with like people like Amanda and then maybe this, some other things they've been trying to get into. Yeah, this like lower tier influencer culture. Not to say that, again, Jackie slash JC, like she's huge but relative to the Kardashians, like it feels, and like Amanda, I think when she got on to, when she got Chloe and Kim on her podcast, I think she had like 300,000 followers on Instagram. So again, a lot, but by, by no means huge. So I feel like they're trying to trickle into this like lower tiered, yeah, pop culture band. Oh, completely actually. That's, and JC, I'm just going to go with your, as you, yeah, yeah, you looked into it. I feel like JC now <laughs> she's making TikToks to the Mean Girls clip of Katie Heron being like 80% of the time I'm talking about Regina and the other 20% of the time I'm waiting for other people to bring up Regina. Like she was saying that about Kendall and all of her TikToks and podcast episodes have been about Kendall now based on this controversy. And like, obviously everyone, all of us, like JC is even like bigger than us by a long way, but all of us like medium pop culture commentary, like, people that have interest in this obviously all want the association and the validation right yes. so we're obviously going to keep talking about it if there's something that feels like we have a link to the Kardashians yes everyone wants a fucking link to the Kardashians it's so funny but the other thing is is that uh Hailey Bieber commented on Jackie's or JC now <laughs> her TikTok and which is a heart and then she replied and she was like, sorry, Kendall, Haley and I are BFFs now. So like, it's definitely been seen by that tier of celebrity. A hundred percent. I am in the camp of this is a PR stunt and it's good for all parties. Because I agree, they are trying to infiltrate that kind of mid-tier influencer rung. Like, otherwise, Kim and Chloe would have just gone on, like, call her daddy, you know? Like, why would they not have chosen the biggest yeah. podcast? Like, they're obviously trying to kind of feed into what we always talk about on the podcast with Gen Z, which is, like, this kind of, like, relatability and just basically grabbing the average viewer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think we've like, yeah, hit the gavel. Like we've case solved mystery. We were like the Scooby-Doo gang, but I think we can put a pin on this. Our next kind of mystery also, Selena Gomez and Francia Raisa, they have been BFF since like Disney Channel days. Francia famously donated her kidney to Selena Gomez in 2017 when Selena was suffering from lupus, but they weren't like seen together for many years, like 2018 to 2022. And it was Selena's 30th birthday this week. Happy birthday, Selena. And Francia was at her birthday. What do you think happened? Okay, so my two cents on this is just that like Rare Beauty is doing really well. Wondermind, the kind of like mental health resource associated with um, Rare Beauty, like that's a big focus for Selena. And so I really think that she's like turned a corner. She doesn't care about Instagram anymore. Doesn't care about social media, like the way that she's externally presented. So I feel like she's in a really good 
headspace herself personally. And then I also feel like Francia is starring alongside Hilary Duff in How I Met Your Father, right? So I feel like she's just kind of cracked this big break. Selena's in a really good place. So I feel like they're reconnecting to support each other like professionally and Selena's in a better headspace to deal with the whole thing. So I, yeah, I just think that everything's kind of lined up. If they had beef, they've had enough time to kind of get past the heat of it all and then realize that it's time to be friends again. Also, like if you donate your kidney to someone, you are connected forever. So it makes sense that they would reconnect at some point. And like, obviously friendships kind of ebb and flow. And it, it was a huge deal because of the massive sacrifice that she gave Selena Gomez essentially and how close they were. But if they really did have this falling out because of Selena's lifestyle, which is obviously all alleged, like drug use and substance abuse and all of this. Like, if that really is the case, then it makes sense that, like you said, because Selena's in a better place now, it seems, and her lifestyle is different, that they would reconnect. I don't think that they're falling out. Like, they probably ever thought they would forever be not friends, if that makes sense. Like, they just needed to kind of go through their own things. And, like, I am a Selena Gomez. Stan, but like a new Stan. I never really cared about her before. And now I just love her so much in recent years. I feel like rare beauty and then just like how she's conducted herself following that. She's just such a good celebrity, like such a good role model. And yeah, it just makes sense that her BFF who donated her kidney to her would come back. Also, can you imagine someone that gave you their kidney and then you cut them from your like a milestone birthday party list? Like that would actually be so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Well, that's why I think that their kind of falling out was so looked at by everybody is because it was like, wow, she gave her kidney up like you may need that in the future or whatever. And then the rumors were that she felt disrespectful from Selena's lifestyle, that she was like drinking and stuff like that. But you're right, Selena's in such a good place right now. So it kind of makes sense. And Francia in 2021, so like about a year ago on World Kidney Day, uh, talked a little bit about her experience donating a kidney. And it was like so funny because in 2017, when it the kidney donation happened she posted a picture of them together and then in 2021 it was just a solo shot so I was like oh my god this is like so funny but Selena retweeted her like quote tweeted her and was like thank you love you whatever so I wonder if that opened the door for their reconciliation yeah I just think Selena like she must have a reason you know for, you know, the breaking up of the friendship in the first place or them deciding to kind of become friends again. I'm the same. I just like, I feel like whatever her decision is the right one, except getting into music. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I could all, I also see the flip side, which is like Francia donated her kidney and then Selena is involved in this lifestyle, which affects the kidney, like drinking drugs. Like, you know, I I can see how she would be like, it could have been her decision to sever the friendship, not Selena's. Yes. Yeah. 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 I kind of think it maybe was Francia's decision at the time, but maybe I'm just literally uh, projecting like a whole storyline onto their relationship. Yeah, that's what I'm just, I, I struggle. I mean, but maybe it's because we kind of have, Selena Gomez feels really nostalgic coming from like a Disney Channel background. We were chatting about um, in reference to Only Murders in the Building. Like we both love that show and she feels really nostalgic. And I feel like my connection with her is 
like those early days and then this kind of rare beauty phase. So I feel like in the middle, like I'm struggling to wrap my head around the fact that she like partied really hard and like drank a lot of alcohol and, you know, yes. did drugs and all these things that probably every celebrity does. I just have this like mental block being like, she couldn't yes. possibly have done that. That's such a good point. Cause her blind item life is very like drug heavy, heavy. There's the clip of her and Justin Bieber, like on in Skid Row in LA, like probably looking for drugs like it's just but her image is squeaky clean so yeah I completely agree I kind of blank those I don't know five years out of my life (laughs) I'm happy for them regardless they looked really beautiful um at her 30th birthday beautiful dress cute little pics I'm just I'm happy for her that she's like well and Seems like she's thriving. I agree. I feel like she's in the best phase of her life that she's ever been. Yeah. And like, who can say that in 2020? Oh my God, true. <laughs> like, like, so congrats, <laughs> Selena. <laughs> okay. We're going to do some celeb predictions. I feel like we should do kind of like rapid fire, just like whatever comes to mind. So at Rob Cow. One of my listeners asked for celebrity predictions, so like relationships, pregnancies, someone landing a specific role, their next career move. And then I chose some celebs that I want to hear from you two about, and then we got the listeners to submit some other ones. So the first person is Rihanna, because she just had her baby. She just trademarked Fenty hair. So what do you think is next for Rihanna? No more music. I think she's kind of done with music, to be honest. And I think that is going to cut a lot of people like really deep. Like everyone keeps being like, when are you bringing new stuff out? And she just like is consistently leveling up on the business side. And we're seeing that. And everything she brings up, brings out is so successful. Like Savage X Fenty and her perfume that sold out, you know, Fenty hair now. Like I think she's made her choice so I think as far as like what's next for her I think she'll just be focusing on like ways to expand her like beauty empire essentially at this point I like don't mind that Rihanna seems to be out of her music phase I do think she will in a couple years absolutely like shock everyone and drop maybe a single maybe not a full album but like drop a song just to appease fans and kind of have this massive moment. Um, But yeah, I do really feel like as an artist, she's kind of moved on, but I don't hate it. Like I like Rihanna as a businesswoman. I think that this is where she's happiest, where she's most at peace. She doesn't need to be in the spotlight so much anymore. And she literally became a billionaire because of it. Like let her live. Especially like being a mom as well I think the position that she's in like the stepping back and being a bit more private makes complete sense and she's also been so successful as an artist that if that's not like what she truly wants to be doing like she's kind of already ticked all the boxes in that respect you know like maybe she's just she wants to tick all the boxes in a different sense now yeah she's given us perfect albums so yeah and people you know change careers so I think it's totally fine even though of course I would love some more Rihanna music but like Yeah, she's raising a kid, running a billion dollar empire. She's she's good. (laughs) What about Adele? She just announced that she finally rescheduled her weekends with Adele residency in Las Vegas. Do you think she's going to marry her boyfriend? 
I don't know. Like I'm not an Adele girly, to be honest. Like I actually don't know if I've ever listened, like chosen to listen to an Adele song, which I know is very controversial. And it's not that I don't. I was just going to say, this is, this is where yeah. you get canceled. Like Centennial Beauty, like hates Adele. No, no. It's not that I think she's a bad artist at all. All. I completely respect her. It is not my kind of music. I can only listen to music that is either like hardcore emo, like rock though, like like Evanescence <laughs> vibes, not like sad, or uh, like really happy pop vibes. Like I don't like sad music. I don't like ballads. So like, of course, I don't really vibe with Adele. So I don't really know. I don't know much about her new relationship, but I know that because of how she canceled her Vegas, was it her Vegas residency that she canceled? Yeah. So this spring she said it was due to COVID, but the rumors were that she was not happy with the way that the show was coming together. So they, I guess, postponed it, but people thought she was, they were going to flat out cancel the entire thing. So I guess it's good that she did reschedule. Yeah. But I feel like now the whole canceling of it kind of put her in such a negative light. Like it just, people were really confused. She didn't really give a clear answer and she still really hasn't given a super clear answer as far as I know. So I feel like the rescheduling of it, obviously it's great, but like there's going to be such high expectations on this now for people to really get their money's yeah. worth and to like be like, okay, this was worth the wait. I have literally nothing to contribute on Adele. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> people are saying that it's getting serious with her boyfriend rich paul but it seems like when i listen to her interviews like the oprah interview and stuff like that it seems like she doesn't want to get married again so i think she's just fine with like a long-term partner okay the next the next uh like everyone wants to hear about them myself included at ocean nicole says the kardashians do you have any thoughts about where kim kylie chloe or courtney or kendall are going next. I don't have a Kardashian like specific, but I have a Kardashian adjacent prediction. We were talking about where Pete Davidson goes because we talk about how he's a bit of a social climber, you know, he loves to kind of like level up who he's sleeping with and like elevate his own star power. And once he's left SNL as a comedian, you know, that really seems like the peak of comedy like where do you go from there so my prediction is that he's going to have his own like talk show slash comedy show on Netflix he's gonna have like his complete own project he's spent enough time with Kim and like has been elevated into this kind of superstar echelon that now I think he has enough star power on his own that people would be so curious to tune into like a limited series or something like that where he hosts and produce and can basically do like whatever he wants I love that so I truly believe that Kim and Pete's relationship is PR, even though I know they've been dating for a while now I know he has her kids names tattooed on him I think that they are having a lot of fun. I do believe they really enjoy each other's company, but I do think it started as PR. And I think it still very much is a business decision for them because it has been so beneficial for both of them. And that's not to say that they don't spend time together without like cameras there and stuff like that. But I just think they're in it for more than just 
liking each other or loving each other. So while I do think they'll continue to date for a while, I do not believe that Kim, I, I do not believe that Pete Davidson will end up as like Northwest's stepfather. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think they'll go the distance. And I, I think they both kind of know that even though he did tattoo their initials on his body, but he has like a million tattoos. And I feel like when you have a million tattoos, you don't really care. You can just cover it up easily. I do think uh, Kylie is engaged. I know there was rumors on TikTok that she's married. Um, and we covered that this week, I think it was on our podcast, but I think, I don't think she's married yet, but because we'd have public records of that, but I do think she is engaged. And I do think the TikToks that we saw on her TikTok from, was it last week or this week of her in like the white gown and all of her best friends wearing like tight black bodycon dresses. I do think that was either like a bridal shower or a bachelorette party. So I think we might see a Kylie Jenner, Travis Scott wedding soon. And then in terms of Chloe, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any speculation on Chloe. I feel like she's really been through the ringer recently and I feel like so bad for her. And I think she'll just like, you know, have her new baby. She'll just really like hunker down and try and wait out this PR storm and just enjoy her new baby, regardless of all the Tristan stuff. And then for Courtney, I mean, another controversial opinion, but I think that Kravis is incredibly toxic. And I think that they might have, I know they've obviously they've been trying to have a baby. We saw that on the show and they might have a baby soon, but I don't think they'll last forever. I truly believe their relationship is very toxic and I think it will eventually break down and that's really negative and I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my God. No, I love that hot take because I feel like everyone was so on the Kravis train. I definitely think they have like some codependency issues and stuff, which yes, might lead to a divorce, but I definitely think that they're yeah going to have a baby, but I kind of like that they've been keeping it low key because I think everyone was a little bit sick after sick of them after their wedding and and their fucking five engagement parties and all of that stuff. It was so much. I love the idea of Pete having a special. I could see him like host like a new 2022 version of Punked. Oh, like love that. That Ashton Kutcher. Cause like, I feel like he has Ashton Kutcher upside, mm -hmm. I guess. And, and uh, yeah, I definitely think Kylie Jenner's party was some type of bachelorette so okay the one other thing I wanted to mention about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian I think that they'll break up maybe in the winter but it was interesting to me he just was interviewed and he was like know what one day I really want to have kids and it wasn't even like brought up by the interviewer and I was like this is again I feel like he plays the game too, the PR game. So I just wanted to add that in. Yeah, he's he's a pro. Like we, if you follow his trajectory and I think everyone has kind of, it seems like he's reached the top. So people aren't kind of like tracking the climb anymore. But when you look at like the people that he's dated, it's so calculated the way that he's moved up the food chain, like this star ladder that it just, it can't be, a coincidence you know like he's gotten where he's always wanted to be and you don't get there without like strategy and hard work oh I love that because again I feel like we look at women in pop culture as like the maybe more calculated uh social climbers so I love that we're just shitting on Pete Davidson nowadays <laughs> me too justice for the Kardashians because they get the fucking like brunt of it all and nobody looks at 
the whether it's the men around them or just like Hollywood men in the same light at all. And like Kim and Pete is such a good example of that. Like, you know, they're constantly being called social climbers, like manipulative, strategic, whatever. And it's like, Pete Davidson is the exact same, but he just gets to play it off as like this goofy puppy dog who just like fell into it. No. <laughs> we we won't take that as as the truth. Like seriously. Okay, at Katia Soana asks about Gigi, Bella, and Anwar. I feel like we haven't heard about that. They haven't been in the headlines for a while. Ooh. I don't know about kind of their future. I think it's really interesting that Gigi has like A been so private with Kai and the whole Zayn Malik breakdown. Like she's been laying so low after that. There hasn't been any news about anyone she's dating. So I actually am not sure what direction I feel like she's going to go. I don't think she's necessarily going to go back to modeling. Maybe she will kind of join the celebrity bandwagon of like trying to launch some kind of beauty brand or like do a fashion collab or something. So I don't feel like she feels the need to be fully in the spotlight anymore. And on the flip side of that, Bella Hadid wearing the world's ugliest clothes to keep people talking about her is like so interesting to us. We were having this conversation that we think because she's so hot, she's just seeing like how far she can push it and people still call it fashion. Like it's not fashion to wear, what are they called? What were you calling them? Bermuda shorts. Oh my God. When I saw a few celebs wearing Bermuda short length shorts, I, I'm five foot one. Like I was in tears. <laughs> I'm like, those can't come no. back. <laughs> See, this is another one where I do believe that the way that Bella dresses is partly like she does she does really like that kind of nostalgic vibe. And I do think she's really creative and artistic. So she is putting things together that she genuinely thinks looks cool. But I also think part of it is strategy where she knows it's like similar to what people think Addison Ray does and did, especially at the beginning of her career, which is like wear things that are just like kind, like they're with the trend of nostalgia, but they're ugly enough that people are talking about it. But again, it's like neutral controversy. People are constantly talking about, Bella Hadid's outfits and it's like why are you wearing that but it's not like negative controversy it's just kind of neutral you know so I think people need to realize (laughs) this is like me on my soapbox how strategic celebrities are like being a celebrity is a job not just like modeling like Bella's job as a true A-list celebrity has so much around it as well as just like her modeling career if that makes sense especially when you look at Bella now, she's got Kinuphorix, which she co-founded. She's always pro- like promoting and talking about Kin and she's just launched her NFT collection, Cybella, which honestly is like baffling. We just do not really understand that um, as a concept, but she has projects now that she is, she has skin in the game about whether or not they're successful. So I feel like keeping herself in the headlines with this kind of like neutral controversy is the best way to sell her products and she's kind of always sold products you know as like an ambassador as a model where it doesn't really matter if they do well or not and her star power has been just like being beautiful being high fashion being luxury so she hasn't had to work that hard so maybe this is like manifesting her actually realizing that selling your own products requires like a little bit more upkeep you know Yeah. And it's so rooted in just keeping your name in the headlines, right? Like it's recency bias. It's like 
classic psychology where it's like, I love Bella Hadid because I see her name 50 times a day. I don't know why I love her, but I love her more because I constantly am exposed to her. So that's kind of where I land there. And with Anwar, I have actually no idea. I was really only like introduced to him or connected to him because of Dua Lipa and obviously they broke up. So yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Same here. At Larry Sky Hayes, please correct me if I'm saying any of your handles wrong, asks about Florence Pugh. She has the Harry Styles Olivia Wilde movie coming up. <laughs> what about Florence? What's her next big have Rumble. you seen the beef between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde? Yes. Okay. I covered it on a podcast that hasn't come out yet, but will come out before this one. How she's just not posting about it. And that Olivia posted like this big dramatic Instagram about her and then she didn't even like it or comment back, which I think is so wild. Just because, well, she obviously, there was some type of falling out, like whether it's, she didn't feel like she was getting the recognition of it being like she's the female lead in the movie or or Olivia. The people were saying that she was like too wrapped up in her relationship to like direct it really well. But I don't I don't know. Interesting. It's, I mean, I really love Florence Pugh. I think her entry into like the Marvel Universe has been massive for her and I think her trajectory is like on the up and up I think she will literally become like a household name if she's not already and I think that's something we've really seen come to a head in kind of the last maybe 12 months since like Black Widow came out and then Don't Worry Darling got announced but I I think she's gonna be such a good huge celebrity her personality is so suited you know what Kylie is trying to do on TikTok now and bring everyone kind of bring everyone back on this like journey of relatability with her like I think Florence has the perfect personality for TikTok you know to like keep her fans really engaged and feel like we're all part of like this friendship group with her so I'm not sure like what her next project will be but I think it's going to be massive I think she's kind of gonna outgrow you know Olivia Wilde is only relevant because of the Harry Styles connection and she did a great job with Booksmart we both love that movie so I am curious to see how Don't Worry Darling is like received more widely but I think Florence Pugh is like gonna be the next like massive thing I think all that she's gonna be the face of like all these beauty brands like all these fashion brands are gonna want to work with her I just think she toes that line of celebrity but like relatable and funny and beautiful and like everything at the same time personally do you think she's still together with Zach Braff yeah I think she is right yeah they just haven't posted or been seen together for a while so people are just kind of speculating that they might have broken up but who knows I mean I saw all that stuff about her and um who was it in like the Caribbean or something and the photos were cropped that it was yes. her and him I can't remember who it was it was Nicholas is it Nicholas Holt yeah. with eyebrows <laughs> yeah, yeah the guy from Maze Runner <laughs> yes yeah. exactly yeah I think she's still with Zach Raff I think they just like get a lot of hate about the age gap when they're public about it so I think they're just happy kind of laying low Paris Hilton at Rami.g asks what are your celebrity predictions about Paris? I think she'll probably have a baby soon if she can, obviously, God willing, if she wants one. Um, I think she's spoken pretty openly about wanting to start a family soon, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. I think that that's something that she's always wanted, but it's never kind of panned out with her past boyfriend. So I would love that. For yeah, her. I agree. I would love it too. And I would love for her to get her own reality show because I want to see Kathy Hilton outside of the Beverly Hills universe a little bit more. Like I know that she's been on so many different reality shows over the years and her personality on Beverly Hills is so different from any other show she's been on when it involves Paris or her family. And I think it would be so interesting to see like the parallels or sorry, to see two shows that are kind of running parallel to each other with Kathy on both of them, because I think the way she functions around her family is so different. And if anybody is interested in like a deep dive on the Richard sisters, it is a wild fucking ride. You need to get into it. Yes. Okay. Did you just listen to the beyond the blind? Yes. I, but like, I've literally consumed every single piece of media about the Richard sisters (laughs) that I can, but everything about like Kim and just, Oh my God, it's so dark. Like, you know, we always hear like, Oh, the Richard sisters, they had like a really messed up mom and like a really messed up childhood. But like to hear the blinds laid out like that, where it's like big Kathy, literally allegedly pimped Kim out, like would, as a child, she would have sex with men for money for her mom is the most insane, tragic thing. And it just, when I watch Beverly Hills now, and I see like Kyle's behavior or Kathy's behavior, like you can kind of see it from a different perspective then, because I do believe that all three of those daughters were victims of abuse. Sorry, this took a very dark Mm -hmm. turn (laughs) of predictions about Paris Hilton. (laughs) (laughs) but I get it yeah that would be cool a tv show with with both of them I would like that at hermit power and at maria.t.evans asks about Britney Spears what's next for Britney I think what they've just she's just announced her new collaboration with Elton John so I think she from a professional sense is just gonna bring us like a new album and I think it will be so interesting if it's a completely different kind of direction or genre from what we've seen from her so far I think she's kind of like taken the power back creatively and I think it'll be really interesting to see what she decides to like put out into the world next I think we're going to see new music potentially very different music from Britney Spears soon Yeah, she was kind of alluding to on her Instagram that there was a few songs that her label didn't want her to release um, and some arrangements of some of her hits. So I'm excited for that. Um, Yeah, I would love new music, but also it seems like she's kind of been asking for a private life and to to be kind of retired. So I'm also wishing that for her. Yes. Whatever Brittany wants, I hope she gets. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the <laughs> bottom line. We're finally at the part of the show where our two guests, Jordan and Lauren, are going to nominate a pettyweight champion of the week. Someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Lauren, who are you nominating today? Okay, I wouldn't say it's iconic, but it's really fucking annoying. So today, Adam Masseri from Instagram made a response video on his reels or IGTV or whatever it's called now to all um, to address all of our concerns about Instagram after Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner and like a bunch of celebrities obviously posted about wanting Instagram to go back to what it was. And 
what I found so petty about it was that he was just sitting there basically saying like, I know you're all upset, but you are the reason that the app is changing. Like he was putting it on us as the users saying, you guys just want more video. That is not the truth. Creators are creating more video because you are forcing them to create more video because you're trying to compete with TikTok because TikTok is far eclipsing every other social media app, you know, in the last two years. And I just think it's so petty of him to be sitting there. And so like, they're just so bitter, you know, that we're just not like happy to take this on and happy that they're suppressing everyone's engagement. Like we were looking yesterday and there's a creator that one of our friends follows and she actually sent it to us like completely unrelated um, saying, oh my God, I didn't realize how bad Instagram engagement is for like big creators right now because this, um, influencer that she follows has like 2.1 million followers. And her most recent post had, what was it like 1600 likes, 1600 likes for 1.2 million followers. Is that a joke? And it's because it's a static image. So anyways, that just pissed me off beyond belief to see his response. (laughs) Yeah. That's so frustrating. Um, and on the, this is kind of a combination of a celebrity prediction slash what Lauren was just talking about that, in response to Be Real, obviously popping off across the world, I saw this guy on TikTok. His username is Joe Chic, like S C H K E. But he said that his prediction is that Instagram will start working on and will release a Be Real like competitor feature called like Instagram Moments or something. And it'll be like a close yes. friends feature where it'll like you'll get a notification and you have to share what you're doing with your close friends. Like, can we just like like have that down now because that guy is so on points is definitely going to happen. Yes. And he was talking about how the tagline for be real was like showing something that you're doing real and moments would be like capturing you in the moment. And I thought that was so <laughs> funny. Be so good. Um, but my pettyweight champion of the week is Heidi D'Amelio after coming for Chase Hudson, who is like 30 years, her junior about, Charlie and Landon's relationship and then Chase obviously has released is releasing a new single that kind of deep dives on the relationship a little bit is like almost like a diss track and Heidi posted a story that she denies is about Chase but she said people are quick to forget how there you were for them a little mister gaining attention on the internet by playing the victim because you are self-centered and have zero self-awareness some people thrive on being the victim others learn and grow and mature from relationships pick your player Okay, back to me and my fam, living life, learning, growing, processing, being self-aware, owning our shit, not playing victim at every turn. So lucky we keep each other in check. Some could never love you all. So I just think Heidi is the shadiest bitch on the planet right now. Well, and like, she didn't explicitly mention Chase. And then she did backtrack, like, and post an Instagram story being like, this wasn't about Chase. Or she didn't say this wasn't about Chase. She said this wasn't about anyone in particular or something like that. But I just think these TikTok parents in general getting involved in the drama, they're just always so out of control. Like, I I don't know. I just gives me weird vibes. And after watching the D'Amelio show, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't trust that they're always, and this is maybe like a bad thing to say, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but like, I don't trust that they are always doing what's in their children's best interest. And that's not just the D'Amelio parents. I just mean like, they're kind of give me like stage parents vibes, you know? Absolutely. So, okay, just clarify for me. So, because Chase Mm -hmm. Hudson was Charlie D'Amelio's ex-boyfriend 
Landon Barker is her new boyfriend, but they were both at the Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, Travis Barker mm-hmm. wedding, and they were on good terms. But since then, they've had a bit of yeah, a falling so out. Yeah, so and Landon were allegedly like best friends, and Travis has allegedly been a bit like quite a mentor for Chase musically. And then when the first photos and rumors of Charlie and Landon started coming out before they'd officially confirmed it, they like unfollowed each other on everything. And then Charlie and Landon officially came out with their relationship. And then Chase started dropping this like diss track adjacent song hints that I think it's coming out tomorrow it's coming out on the 29th so it should be out soon but oh yeah it'll be out when this podcast is out okay well everyone go listen to that (laughs) but like it has nothing to do with Heidi you know you don't see Travis Barker getting involved being like look at my like little protege like screwing over my son or something like I don't know it's just it's so funny that these TikTok parents have the audacity like they feel like they're because they've kind of grown up with their with their children and become like kind of popular at the same time by default they feel like an ownership over their fame in a way or they're like using it to leverage their own fame it's the most bizarre way that this kind of thing functions it's kind of seems to be like a tiktok specific thing because we see it the same with like addison ray and monty lopez and like sherry and that whole relationship too yes yeah, I was just going to say them because people are like, why are people following the Monte Lopez thing? I'm like, he has 13 million TikTok followers. He is a star in his own right. Totally. And uh, I feel like I'm sure like I don't have a child. So I do actually feel bad kind of like criticizing their parenting. And I, and I don't mean to do that at all. I just like, I think we all saw from watching the D'Amelio show that it wasn't always the best environment for the girls I feel and yeah I understand though you know on one hand where a parent would of course feel so protective over their child and I do think in this case if Chase releases this song and Charlie's being dragged through the mud you know of course you're gonna feel really protective of your child like it's not fair. She's young. We said this on our podcast this week, but like, she's young. She's just dating around. She's figuring out who she is, who she likes, what she likes in a partner. Like it's just normal teenage stuff, but it's amplified so big because of how many followers they all have. So I feel like it makes sense that Heidi would want to kind of jump in and have her two cents and, you know, kind of say her piece, but it is definitely petty. (laughs) Yes amazing okay that brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for coming on today where can the listeners find any of your content and anything else you both um so our website is centennialbeauty.com and then our tiktok and all associated social accounts are at centennial beauty and our podcast is renegade with lauren and jordan and we release a hour-ish episode each week kind of deep diving into the single biggest topic on the internet that week so yeah if you enjoy our like hot takes on tiktok drama <laughs> listen to the pod i love it okay thanks so much thanks so much on. for having us thanks tori this was so fun <laughs> And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Lauren and Jordan for joining me on today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed it and want more content, you can follow me at RTBP Podcast. 
We have some fun merch items out there, a custom RTVP Starbucks cup and a ready-to-be-petty keychain. It's like one of those old-school hotel ones. Super cute. You can find the links to that in my episode show notes and the bios of all my socials. Okay, friends, it's been a slice. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.